SMQBs, it's episode 133, depending on who you ask, it may be 134, we had a little disagreement there, but I think this is 133 for the guys. Um, somebody give me a number we can rely on, since we don't know how to count our own episodes at this point. <laughs> House, what do you got? Uh, the number for this week is, for me, is one. That is the... Uh, Number of games remaining that the Phillies must win to repeat and qualify for the playoffs. The magic number is one, and it is the number of our quarterback for the Eagles that I hope will give Milk fits tonight. We'll miss you, Milk, but enjoy the game and enjoy watching Jalen Hurts. Oh, well, I'll follow you up, House, since you you took my uh, idea. Mine's five, and that is the magic number for the Texas Rangers to clinch the AL West for their first division title in umpteen years. Rooster, what do you got? 18 and a half. <laughs> that's how many games Denver back games the Yankees behind. are? That's, that's where the Yankees currently sit behind the first place. Baltimore Orioles, my new team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to give you my number is zero. And that is the number of home Nats games remaining this year. It's a very sad day in Mudville here in Washington uh, as Fort Nats Park will be quiet until April. And it looked like Mudville from the photos. It's also the, yeah. number, of the, it's also the number of the best Swift to enter an NFL stadium this weekend. DeAndre, not Taylor. Mm, this is a Star Taylor Vikings. Swift free zone. Well, listen, no, it, it, it's no, not surprising not. that the, it's not surprising the first NFL comment on the show was about Taylor Swift. I mean, how else <laughs> would we start uh, so we start this weekend? Um, all right, let's get to it. It's NFL Week Three. House, um, we're wrapping it up tonight with your team taking on Milk's team. I think it's safe to say that most people on this podcast right now are probably rooting for. The Bucks, but uh, let's let's talk about the whole weekend. You know the other game tonight. Do you guys know? I was thinking about this today. Oh God, there's two games Monday it night. Is, it's, it's it is crazy. remarkable. Do you know that this is a rematch of a Super Bowl only two years ago between right. the Rams? Yeah. I hmm. mean, this is how quickly fortunes of NFL teams can change. Yeah. Uh, but uh, look, I don't know how we can get past any part of the NFL week three without discussing the team that was a 12 and a half point favorite and number one in everybody's power rankings and pretty much just hand them Lombardi. And I don't know. I mean, I didn't get to watch any of it. Oh but God. Someone please just tell me how bad the Cowboys were against a, an atrocious Cardinals team. It was a bloodbath. The, the Cardinals were just gashing them running the ball down their throats. It was one of those stuff. games where where you like you just think Dallas clearly Dallas is going to take over at some point and win this game, right? They're going to come back, but there was absolutely no evidence at any point in the game that they could come back and play well. You know what I mean? Like you just figured they were going to turn it on, but they just well, looked awful the entire game. Well, they came out flat. They they got gashed uh in the on the first possession 
Dobbs, what, like a 50-yard run, a keeper around the corner. I mean, it was obvious that they that they had not come to play. Poor coaching, uh, you know, failed in all three phases of in, anything you can say bad about the Cowboys. Now, the second half. Wait, wait, wait. Was that wait, before, wait, wait, wait. Before we go on, can we say bad things about yeah, the Cowboys? I mean, he's giving us I mean, Cowboys. I, I was going to. They dominated yeah. the second half. And they couldn't put the fucking ball in the end zone. Their red they zone were one sucks. for five and one for five yeah. in the red zone. Red zone sucks. Kellen Moore, come back. I mean, Mike McCarthy, you suck too. What the hell? The thing we have to do, though, is to make sure that we don't just blame this all on the Cowboys. The Cardinals came out with a hell of a game plan. They really did. And they beat a team that's like by far better than they are with this game plan, where they purposely baited Micah Parsons to rush up the field and then either ran at him or or passed quickly away from him. And I mean, they 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 were very impressive. I mean, the, the idea that oh. they, they were trying to lose to the Giants, it looks really off base now based on the way they've played the first half of, of the first two games and the entire game against the Cowboys. So here's I mean, the that's, stats that I that's saw. That's very nice. That's nice of you. But can we please focus on the Cowboys? Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. do suck. Yeah, this is this is what's interesting. I saw these stats this morning to Pope's point that last year, Kellen Moore's offense was number one in red zone scoring. This year, Mike McCarthy's offense is number one in red zone opportunities, but he had uh, in week one, three TDs on four red zone drives. Week two, only two t- touchdowns on six red zone drives. And le- this week, one touchdown on five red zone drives. That's not very good. No, 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 it's horrible. Good. It's fucking horrible. It's like they have uh, uh, Staley calling the plays for them from so the Chargers. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested to see when the real Cowboys will stand up because I they met a team in week one that I think we all agree is very much regressed in the Giants. They met a terrible team in week two with Zach Wilson, at quarterback in the Jets. And they faced a pretty bad team. And so, yeah, they're two and one, but I don't think they've faced real competition yet. And I'm not sure that this week against the Patriots, I think that's who's next. It is. It is. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what what team shows up. I mean, when the Cowboys they go, face they go to San Francisco in week five. We're, well, there we're you going go. to find out a lot about that team. Yeah. But, but I think a larger point to Rooster is that some teams can probably figure out a better script now after the Cardinals showed him how to deal with Micah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, he can be handled in a different way than other teams have been trying. And and I think the Cardinals showed you uh, a blueprint for maybe how to do that going forward. Well, let's not forget too. I mean, and maybe it's not getting talked about at all, but um, what, if any effect did having digs out play? I mean, you lost digs what on, on Friday, yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- Thursday, Friday, I heard Wednesday or Thursday and he was out. Okay. Out for the year. I mean, it's, it's a bad loss. Uh, uh, I'm not going to blame yesterday on not having digs though, because it's not like, um, they went after, uh, bland the whole time who, who came in for digs. Um, you know, they went after Gilmore, but, but the bottom line is, is they, they ran the ball down our throat. The defensive yeah. line got pushed back the vaunted, you know, defensive line. So 
you cannot blame that on the secondary. This game, right. no way, shape, or form, right. you can blame on the secondary. Arizona guys had 180 yards rushing in the first half, which was the highest uh, for an NFC team in 11 years. In a wow. Half. You wow. also you, Take you, that only scored, you only scored, what, 16 points? 16 yeah. points. What about that? Right. Inept offense. Well, I mean, again, five times in the red zone. I mean, McCarthy goes for it on fourth and three uh, from the four. When they, if they kicked a field goal, they would have been, you know, within a touchdown. They needed, they needed points there. Turn the ball over. Next time they came down, they fiddle farted around for three minutes trying to get Pollard up the middle. Then finally, Dak threw, you know, the interception. The game was over. Again, they they had their opportunities. They just couldn't execute. To your point, <clears throat> Bland kept everything in front of him. He did give up some longish outs to uh, Hollywood Brown, but no he one burned him. Game. No one burned him deep. No, and let's not forget that Diggs would routinely get torched. Yeah, he's a ball yeah. hawk, but he oh, he routinely I think he's would terrible. get torched. So well, listen, let's. Um... On behalf of all of those who lost out thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in winners, suicide survivors. Yes, winners, thank you. Uh, Hope <laughs> extends his personal apology, and he. I will do. Be- I'll I'll try to make it up for each and one of you <laughs> financially. Yes. So yeah. listen, guys. <laughs> Tell me where I'm to give, Venmo. I'm going to give you a stat of the six fastest ball carriers in an NFL game this season. Oh uh, boy! Number set. Number six, number six, Devon Achain, week three, 21 and a half miles per hour. Number five, Tyreek Hill, week one, 21.5 miles per hour. Number four, Raheem Mostert, week two, 21.6 miles per hour. Number three, Tyreek Hill, week one, 21.66. Number two, Devon Achain, also week three, 21.93. And number one, Tyreek Hill, yesterday, week three, 22.07 miles per hour. The six fastest ball carriers of the whole season are all in the same offense, two in the same backfield, one of whom is 31 years old in Raheem Mostert. You, you know, Mostert's the one who do? surprises me the most yeah. out of that. I, yeah, I, I knew I knew the other two guys were burners, but and I knew Mostert was um, underrated because remember when he was healthy for the 49ers, he was a beast in the playoffs, but he was kind of a tough, rugged I did not know he was that fast. This team has too much speed for any NFL team to keep up with. So someone's yes. going to have to come up with something else. And they have the perfect delivery vehicle with Tua. Tua just puts the ball right on where they need to be. And that doesn't even include Waddle, who was right. not in the game. Right. <laughs> so they're can, scary can, good. Can the like Finns be stopped? Can the Finns be stopped? Let's say in the AFC, can the Finns be stopped? Well, who can run the ball and control the clock against them that's not, the question not the bills or the chiefs chiefs right yeah right not so, the chargers there's not really a ball possession maybe like maybe AFC. you know maybe cleveland because they don't seem to have missed a beat with ford playing for chubb yeah it's a little early to but Deshaun Watson. I was going to say, I mean, last highlight I saw Watson, he was throwing the ball backwards. So <laughs> I'm not sure. That, that, that was awesome. That was a low light. Yeah, oh I'm God. not sure. <laughs> going to anoint them as the uh, uh, the stopper team. I mean, House, you hate to say it, but, you know, the potential 
thing that's going to de- deny the Dolphins is to his health. Yep. Yeah, I, I no, the really- Dolphins. The Dolphins looked like the Chiefs did a couple of years ago. I mean, this is how the Chiefs were when they had Tyreek, right? I mean, you you looked at them and and remember when they had Tyreek and uh, Kareem Hunt? I mean, every time they got the ball, you figured they were getting a touchdown, and that's that's the Dolphins now. I don't and think the Broncos played well. I don't think the Broncos hit um, two a one time in that game. They certainly I, didn't I, knock him down once. I know that. I do hope the NFL gets a full season of Tua. Um, he he could be MVP very easily. He, he, very easily. Oh, yeah. Um, but to, hey, what, you know, what was to, he 16 to, for 16 in the first half for like 200 yards and four touchdowns? <laughs> correct. <laughs> so to Rooster's point about the Browns, the Browns have two wins this year in which each of them, they gave up three points. And they barely lost uh, at the Steelers. They're only away game this year, 26-22. Yep. Miles Garrett is on a different planet right now playing defense. And if Deshaun Watson can manage the game, they have, you know, they have a very suitable backup, obviously, in Ford. And now they've added Hunt. They've got good receivers. I mean, could the Browns be something other than the Browns of forever? I said, I think I said last week, if if Watson <clears throat> plays above average, they're a good team. Well, it'll be interesting because, uh, you know, I think one of the things that Rooster wanted to talk about this week was uh, our weekly recap of frauds. And I'm sorry, guys. And to all of our Ravens fans out there, Wow. That team is a fraud, and Lamar Jackson is at least as a passer a fraud. And and I know I know you're right, Rooster. They 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 got jobbed on an interference call that wasn't called in overtime. That game should have never gone never to overtime. Close. Right, you're right. You're right. They shouldn't be limited to 19 points against Gardner Minshew's Colts without Jonathan Taylor. At what at, at what are the Ravens doing at home, only scoring 19 points? I think they're a fraud. Yep. Yep. Well, I think, they, I think and they play and they play at Cleveland on Sunday. So that's going to be a great game. Yeah. But that whole division is so up and down every time just like last year every time we thought we knew who was good in that right. division someone else would jump up and beat that team. Yeah. It's hard to say. Hard to say. I kind of think the Jags are a fraud this year. Huge. Uh, everyone thought they had taken a step, you know, they played in the playoffs and they were supposed to be so much better. They're terrible. I mean, if you get you get slammed by the Texans, that is not Ridley. good. They had lots of dropped passes, one for an easy touchdown, fumbles, penalties. They're just terrible. I know we uh we always rip on Ohio State quarterbacks, but CJ Stroud looked okay yesterday. Like I know it's game three of his NFL career, but he looked he looked better he looked, than serviceable. He, look, he looked rookie of the year okay, if you ask me. Yeah. So that was an impressive outing. Uh, I thought I thought the Lions D really showed up against the Falcons. That that Talk about a front four on that defensive line. That is a scary D when they've got it going. Uh, so we'll see where, where the Lions end up. The Bills found themselves back in where they have been historically mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. 
And uh, Bison was there firsthand to see it. So what what was your take on the Bills? You know, it it was um, it was a very strange game because it it had there was a lot of energy in the stadium. First of all, um, and we're going to come back to this a little later in the episode, but uh, so many Bills fans at the game. I mean, they travel. They have to be the best traveling fans uh, in the NFL at this point, but. It was like a frenetic game, and that game, it could have been very different. I mean, look, Sam Howell played like the rookie quarterback. He played like it was his fourth NFL game um, and and just played awful, and he's going to have stinkers like that. Um, but on the other hand, he did some good things. Like the game, it was 10 nothing, and Washington went for it on fourth and goal from the two and didn't get it in, and – you know, you just sort of think, I mean, man, if they if they gotten points there, it might have been a little bit of a different ball game. Um, but, you know, the Bills are. Yeah, fast, it would have been 37 so, but, to 10 instead of 37 no, to 3. I don't, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Because because, you know, then they, they just did. They, you know, you know, who really shit the bed in the game, in my opinion, was the enemy. It was a terrible. He called a terrible game. Uh, Brian Robinson had 10 carries for 70 yards. I mean, why is that guy touching the ball 10 times if he's averaging seven a carry? And it, it was just weird. But I'll tell you, man, Josh Allen is – I know, House, that you don't think much of him. But first of all, he he is mobile. He keeps a play alive. He was getting pressured a fair amount, and he made some throws. that I, I'm just not sure there's any other NFL quarterback who could make some of the throws on the move that he was making. He was really impressive. I, I think if they get him to be a pocket passer, uh, mostly, he's very, very dangerous. I do think, but once he starts making decisions with his legs and carrying the ball like a loaf of bread, I just, I don't like the way he manages the ball, but he definitely can throw the ball great. And he's got tons of weapons. Yeah, uh, uh, he looked good yesterday. <laughs> That's, I mean, Bison, he looked really good yesterday. My daughter pointed out during the game, while well, before she got so angry that she took off her commander's hat and jersey. Um, <laughs> that very she, disappointed to hear that. Chase Young, she thought Chase Young looked healthy and good early in the game. Well, yeah. You know, I saw a stat on on Instagram today actually uh, that had the top five edge rushers for pressure, and Chase was number five in the NFL right mm-hmm. now as far as getting pressure. Uh, I don't know how they measure that, but um, yeah, he's actually, you know, it, it was a bad day for the defense. Of course, they were also, they, Lord knows how many snaps they had to take yesterday and some weird plays, but um, Chase is actually playing like a number two pick. He really, he's playing really well. House, you mentioned the Falcons to the extent that anybody thought they were good this year because of their early record. I think they are also a fraud. Um, the, the lions basically said, Hey, we're going to, we're not going to let you run. You, and if you can throw the ball, go for it. And they can't throw the ball. Yeah. So they're going to need, they're, they're gonna so one dimensional. They're, they're going to be terrible. All right. So, uh, listen, in terms of frauds, not, not even frauds, just bad teams. We're going to, we're going to discount the winless Bengals because maybe they'll get off the schneid tonight, but 
There are four other teams that are 0-3. I want you guys to tell me who's going to ultimately get the number one pick in the draft next year, presumably Caleb Williams, although a couple of these guys have quarterbacks. Uh, The Vikings, the Bears, the Panthers, and the Broncos. Who's the worst team in the NFL? Bears. Bears. (laughs) Is that consensus? (laughs) We'll we'll find out because the Bears and Broncos played each other this week. The Broncos just just (laughs) gave up 70. And lost to a team that lost thirty-seven to three. So the, the Broncos are pretty bad. They're, <laughs> They're pretty, pretty bad. bad. <laughs> They're pretty bad. I'd like. I, I wonder if uh, Sean Payton's going to stop dissing other coaches now that he's. Yeah, uh, right. oh, he was. He was hot in his press conference. They're pretty bad, but the Bears don't look like they have any chance of turning it around. I don't know. They're both bad. There was a cra- there was a crazy rumor that I we might have even talked about in the off uh, uh, in the off season of the NFL on the pod where someone floated the idea that because the Bears weren't exactly sure about Justin Fields they could still trade him and probably get one of the best quarterbacks that came out of this draft and and maybe even some more so the Bears not only held on to Justin Fields but they traded away the pick that could have gotten them Jalen Carter, who went to the Eagles right. instead. But they have the Panthers pick. They do have the Panthers pick for this right. year? Yeah, that from, from the DJ Moore trade, I think. Okay. Number the, one over the Cardinals. Number- the Cardinals and the Bears have two picks based on trades. Well, the Bears are going to need a lot. The Bears are going to need yeah. a lot because Justin Fields is not the answer. And yeah, they're, they're a bad team. They're a bad, bad team. So... I don't know. That's the wrap. Anybody got anything else from from week three in the NFL they want to cover? Oh, well, I think we ought to at least say a little bit more about the Dolphins. They they're averaging 550 yards a game and um, 43 plus points a game. I mean, they're amazing. They're like like a college, like a college. Yeah, it's it's like an S. They're like an SEC team playing a division three team. Well. We're going to find out because another game this week to watch, the Dolphins are playing at the Bills. Yep. Yeah. Let's see if the Dolphins come down to earth, and let's see what the Bills defense has in store. The Bills right now, remarkably, after a team scores 70 points in the NFL, the Bills still are a three-point favorite. They get their home home three points. Weather forecast is sunny and 75 degrees. I'm sure the Bills wish it was that's, otherwise. That's perfect for Tua and the, Tua and the track, track meet. Yep. Yeah, All I right. mean, you know, Miami, you know, I'm just looking back at who they've beaten, though. I mean, they, they beat the Patriots by a touchdown, and they beat the Chargers uh, by what? By, by two. Um I mean, you could make a very similar argument that you made about about the the cow pukes and having not played great teams, right? I mean, this this we'll find out. I mean, listen, there, there's the offense is is unbelievable, but let's see what they do against a a, a playoff team. I'll go back to what Rooster has been saying the first couple of weeks, and I, I think it still holds true that we are seeing a lot of still preseason action because this yeah. team didn't get reps other than the other than the Dolphins offense no offense is high octane right now defenses are dominating there are a lot of low scoring games i just don't see these offenses in groove yet and i think once we get beyond 
the first four weeks, which will essentially be preseason games. I think we're going to get into the real NFL season. What do you guys think the over-under is on at least three coaches being fired by midseason? Under. Under, yeah. I mean, probably under. I'd fire Daly tomorrow if I were the Chargers. Staley. Staley? Yeah. And I think think Matt Eberflus should be fired right now, too. He's lost 13 straight games and has taken what was a promising end of the season with Justin Fields and turned him into a regression. He's gotten worse. I think the question always is in the NFL, like, where do you get a coach midseason? You know, you can el- you can elevate an offensive or defensive coordinator and just move everybody up the ladder. But, you know, other than send some kind of message to the locker room, I, it doesn't it's not really going to change the fortunes of your team during the season. I think Josh McDaniel won't be around at the end of this year. That's true. For the Raiders. He's That's terrible. True. And he's proven it every year that he someone's just given him a head coach. He can't job. be a head coach. Yeah, it's just he's not a bad his... head coach. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Rivera will be back in no. Washington. They've got too much talent to stick with Rivera. They need they need somebody yeah. who can manage that talent better. Yeah, and and you know, new owners. I mean, they just unfortunately they came in too late to do anything this year. Yep. So, all right. Well, let's let's listen to the Plaxico locks because we we are we are a group that is worth betting on this year. Tad, you can you can put your money on us this year. <laughs> um I mean Rooster's unstoppable. He went with the Seahawks like two other guys and moved to three and oh. Uh Pope and Milk moved to two and one taking the Seahawks. Um the Ravens and Dallas both crapped the bed and as a result I dropped to two and one and bison dropped to one and two. But overall Four, four of us having winning records is remarkable for the worst betters in the world. Um, <laughs> we we have an early phone in from Raymond James Stadium from Milk, who is going this week with the Chiefs at oh. minus nine I, and a half. Wow. Uh, it's a big spread. Sunday night game. Sunday night game. I think he's in pretty good shape. Uh, to pace the Jets, we the other the other, the other must, fraud we didn't talk about. He must probably be banking spend any time talking about Zach on, uh, on Taylor making an appearance in the Big Apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so Bison, you're you're up. Wait, do we have yeah. a lion on the Philadelphia Washington game yet? I don't see one. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Eagles minus three. No, no, way. it's going to be seven and a half. It's seven on ESPN. Yeah. Okay. Minus three. Can we agree to go uh, with that? Yeah, yeah. You um, want that? you you want that? I'm I'm going to take the Eagles minus seven. Crazy, crazy. Well, there goes his undefeated season. All I right. was going to take Kansas City. I actually think the Niners is a safe pick minus fourteen. No, every week you only get one pick. I Wait, know. Who are you, I you like to say? I like to talk about three. Just... I'm going to take the Eagles. Bison, what you I'm got? I'm taking the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Likes those big spreads. All right. I got Cowboys on a rebound, punishing the mm. Patriots. Mm. And Zeke, Ooh, that's, oh, Zeke's sorry coming about that, to Pope. town. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, Pope. Never Cowboys, wanted to see Zeke succeed before. I, I have him giving seven. What do you have, House? Yeah, it's Cowboys minus seven. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. We we have not been taking underdogs this year. And uh I I, I gotta tell you, I know the 49ers are scary good, and I know the Cardinals, but 14 points is a lot. It's a lot, a lot of points. I don't know. I'm having a hard time. I I can't tell if the Vikings are throwing it in. I, I don't know. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers at home, minus five and a half against the Raiders. The Chargers can play. They're going to get their head out of their butt, and they're going to they're gonna show up. The Chargers... The Raiders are bad. And so... Chargers minus five and a half at home against the Raiders. Hmm. Rivalry game. Interesting. That's the NFL. All right. Anybody got anything else there? No. Nope. Moving no. right along. Do we want to say anything about college football? I mean, we have to say just quickly. We have to. I mean, it was the biggest week in years as far as top ten matchups. I mean, you know, look, Ohio State eked it out against Notre Dame. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys watched the game. I'm not sure I'm sold on either team. I mean, it was an entertaining game, but I'm not sure either team is that great. Uh, we'll find out. Notre Dame goes to Duke this weekend, which ought to be really interesting. By the way, um, before you move on from Duke, can I just point out that Duke is currently ranked ahead of Alabama? They probably should. Be. How much does that hurt, Pope? It, it every team that they're ranked ahead of that's a college football power it should embarrass them but you know look duke college game day is going to durham it's going to be it's going to be a fun uh environment we'll see if uh if they can you know was the clemson game a fluke or is notre dame uh going to take care of business we'll, we'll see uh alabama bounced back against old miss a lot of people had them dead and buried I'm not saying that they're completely back, but you know that was a big win. Florida State, are they going to be the fucking TCU of 2022? I mean, they should not have won that game against. You mean Clinton. you mean a team that you're rooting for? Yeah, no, we're never rooting for that. Let's, <laughs> let's check that quickly. Florida State was dead and buried. If only their college graduate kicker, who was on his way to Wall Street before Dabo convinced him to come back and kick for him, had made a chip shot 30-yard field goal, uh, Florida State would have lost, but somehow they got away one in overtime. They're probably going to go undefeated. Sorry, Milk. Um, I don't see anybody beating them. Uh, And then let's talk about what happened with Coach Prime, guys. Is is, is Cinderella, Cinderella over? No, no, they won one game last year. Okay, they're gonna get they're gonna get smoked by USC again. Yes, also, but it's a huge success story still. But I'll tell you what, I mean, man, he is in everybody's head. I mean, Mm -hmm. these coaches are obsessed with him. He hasn't talked any shit about other teams, Mm -mm. right? He hasn't come out. All he did was come out and defend that kid who put the hit on on. Uh, Hunter Henry or Hunter, Hunter, what's his Travis, name together, right? Travis, Travis, Travis Hunter, Travis Hunter. Sorry, and um, you know he defended that kid. Dion hasn't said a bad thing about another program, right. and these guys are obsessed 
obsessed with knocking him down a peg. It's really, yep. it's really it's em- sad. It's a bad it's embarrassing. Look I guys. think it's embarrassing. I, I mean, you heard what he said. Look, get me now. Get me now, because this is as bad as we're going to be. And he gets it. I mean, he knows where where his team is. They're but they're yeah. an easy fix away too. Like they just need beef. They need offensive line, defensive line, and linebackers. And then if the, I, I predict they're going to get that this off season and come back and beat teams like Oregon. Yeah, they got pushed around big time. Uh, I agree with yeah. that. But I think they go as far as Travis Hunter's health. I mean, Shador is he's definitely a special player, but. You could see they're really, really even the second half of the, the the game second week. I mean, they 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 need him back, and uh, I I thought that they could maybe pull off seven or eight wins if they don't have Travis Hunter. They're going to be six win. They'll be six and six or whatever. And it'll be a great story, and they are on the on moving up. But I I definitely think some of the air is out of the balloon. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's any question about that, but. We all knew that was going to happen, right? I mean, it's not really a surprise to anyone. Um, I think the I score just, might have been a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, maybe. But, I yeah. mean, I, I guess I guess the idea that Colorado wasn't going to be playing for a national championship this year is no surprise no. to anybody. Uh, I think the bigger surprise is the way some of these coaches just – they they can't – they can't uh, – they're just, like, so intimidated – by Dion, that that the shots they're taking at him are really out of line. The other uh, other story was Penn State um, is on a collision course Waxing. with Ohio State. Yeah, and uh, and Washington State won uh, the Pac two championship in a <laughs> in a nail biter. Oh, <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Uh, you know, last week when we were on the pod, we were talking about a top four, and that it, that it somewhat clear i don't know i i feel like maybe we don't have a clear top four this year as compared to some other years like it wouldn't surprise me if in the end in the top four there might be one or two losses in there well look georgia i looked at their schedule i mean you know they 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 play the SEC East, some of those guys, uh, teams are still in the top 25, but they're not going to be much competition. Actually, Georgia's toughest game, Milk, I think is going to be uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville this year with Georgia, Florida. But I think Texas has a real clear path now. OU's probably the biggest uh, hurdle for it. I think Georgia, Texas are probably very good uh, picks to go top four at the end of the year. Ohio State, Michigan, uh, then you got the, you know, the rest of the 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 Pac-12. I mean, those guys are all lined up seven, eight, nine, and ten. Um, they they could make some noise. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Milk's think it's new clear team, cut. Washington, is ranked two right could now. Could Washington get there? Sure. Yeah, but I think again, Pac-12 is most likely going to have to run the table. I mean, I guess they could take one loss. To to your point, House, I think there will be only maybe one or two undefeated teams. You will have one loss teams that are all going to be vying for three, four. Yeah. Anything? So the Duke game is the one that's really juicy this week. Yeah, there's not 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 a, anything close to last week as far as matchups. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame at Duke uh, is the only top top twenty five actual. Oh, LSU'd Ole Miss, but yeah, 
That's that's the only big top 25 game I'm looking at. Utah and Oregon State on Friday night. Actually, that'll be a fun game, too. Yeah. I still think Colorado-USC is a fun game, and yeah, they, may, sure. they may surprise some people. For sure. Learn, learn from their ass-whipping. Yeah. All right. Anything else on college football? Best news I've heard in college football in a long time is that we don't know who the top four is going to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually makes it interesting. Rooster, we've got one week of baseball left. You and I are just passive observers right now. Yep. Let's uh, let's be up the end of the season here. Half of my post Yankees dream is is looks like it's dead. I was really hoping the Reds would get in. Doesn't look like they're going to. And as a result, we may be seeing the last game of Joey Votto's career this week, which is sad. Mm. I, can you believe that guy's forty years old? I was going to ask. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But the Orioles look like they're going to. They're in, they're in a battle with the Rays still, but I think the Orioles will wrap it up and the Rays will get the uh, wild card. Um, Minnesota's wrapped it up in the Central, and and Pope's Rangers are in a battle with um, Houston and Seattle, but good sweep against Seattle to keep you in it. Pope. Well, how about the Strohs getting swept by the Royals, the 100-loss team at home? That's uh, really bad. And losing yep. five of six to the Royals the last two weeks. Yep. Another super competitive division is um, House's division with Atlanta and Philly. Philly's going to get that wild card. I don't think you should worry about that. Um, and then, you know, you, as the both central divisions are just bad in, relative to the rest rest of the leagues, um, you know, the, uh, Minnesota's got a 532 winning percentage and Milwaukee in the national central is 564. Um, you know, there's there's no chance of getting a wild card from either of those divisions, I don't think. And then well, the Cubs, the Cubs could still pull it off for they, sure. Yeah, I mean, the, they're the right Cubs, now. They have a wild card. They're yeah, the Cubs are tied for the. Oh, that's last right. Wild we, I forget. I can't always forget. We've gone to a second wild card yeah. with the yeah, 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 yeah. Cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Cubs actually have a tough finish. I think they play all of their remaining games on the road. Uh, against good teams, I forget. I forget who, but I think the Cubs had a tough row to go, and I think the, I think the Marlins. I thought the Reds were going to be the ones. They had an easy schedule, but they've just folded. I think yeah. Marlins yeah. and the Diamondbacks. The, 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 well, the Diamondbacks they, had the good fortune of playing the Yankees, so they they have a they're one up on the Cubs in the loss column. Well, and the, but the Diamondbacks are hosting the Astros last weekend. So that I think it's be, a, only a two-game set, though. I think they have four games against the White Sox for the Diamondbacks, which is a weird end-of-season interleague, followed by two against the Astros. Nonetheless, no, they, play, they play the Astros three games. Oh, they do? Okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. At, at least in the American League, it's much like what we just discussed with college football. Some new faces, which should be good for baseball. Yeah. They'll have the Orioles back in, the Rays. You know, Minnesota and hopefully not Houston. Hopefully it's Texas, Seattle. We'll so be well, able to Houston's give a little bit of make a, the playoffs. We'll be able to give a uh, a postseason uh, preview next week because the season ends on Sunday. There won't be I don't think there'll be a game Monday. Um, so Monday night when we when next week, we ought to be able to give a full uh, preview of, of uh, the postseason. But we're almost there. Pretty Rockland. remarkable turnaround for your uh, Phillies, given the start 
to the season that they had. Yeah, as many times you declared the season over. Phillies were yeah. twenty six and thirty two. It was looking ugly, and uh, and here we are. They're they're right where they were last year. I think in large part since August fourth when Trey went nuts after the standing O, um, because the fans affect the game. And uh, <laughs> so so here's some interesting stats because I you know I've been seeing all these runs scored and I thought. Like how bad is pitching this year going to playoffs? And this, the, here's a couple of surprises to me. The, the average ERA for Major League Baseball this year is 4.34, which is up from last year at 3.96. But before that, the three years before were 4.26, 4.44, and 4.49. So pitching kind of stinks. We're we're right where. But here here's here's one that was also interesting. The caught stealing number, we all said before the season started when they made the bases bigger that we were going to see more stolen bases. I think we've seen a lot more stolen bases. The caught stealing dropped by five percentage points from 24.6% caught last year to 19.7. It's the lowest really in the last 20 years of caught stealing. The bigger I, I think that has bigger. more to do with the change in the pitcher's ability to hold the runner on. That's you, can't can't throw, you can't throw can't over throw there over more than, than once, right? Or twice. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Great well, point. the bigger bases make a difference, though. I mean, it's a yeah, game of sure. inches, right? I mean, like everything. And so, you know, you, you get you get a little bit of an extra reach. Yeah, right. I mean, you get a little bit further off the bag, and you got to go a little shorter distance to get to the bag. Um, it all comes together. It all, it all makes sense, though. How well, do you have the numbers on how long a game is played, average? Well, I think we had that a little bit ago. It dropped to like two thirty-four or something. It was off. It was like thirty minutes shorter, at least. Unbelievable. I think everybody's sold on that now. Everyone's sold on that. The Dodgers have the third best winning percentage in baseball behind the Braves and the Orioles. But you'd have to say that over the past maybe five years, the Dodgers are the most dominant team in in baseball. Consistent, most yeah, consistently think- good team. I think this is six out of seven division wins for them. In yeah, a row. it's amazing. And they're in a good division, too. A lot of talent in that division. Yeah. Well, it'll All be right. wild cards October 3rd through 5th. All right. Pope, Ryder Cup, you got it up in the background? Yeah. All right. I'm, I got some names for you. Tom Watson, Paul Azinger, Freddie Couples, Payne Stewart, Corey Pavin, Ray Floyd, Lanny Watkins. What do those names signify? Golfers, Americans lost the Ryder Cup. They are the last American team captained by Tom Watson to win on the European soil in 1993 at the Belfry. Wow. Americans have not won in 30 years on European soil in the Ryder Cup. Let that soak in. Yikes. So, you know, you just got to you got to assume that Europe is playing with all the confidence that they do every two every four years when they're on their home soil. Uh, I look at this as a really interesting matchup. I think it's kind of even. Um, Europe has the firepower at the top. They've got Rory, Rombo, and Hovland, the two, three, and four players who I think are and they're I think they're, all three of them are playing better than Scotty right now. He's number one. Uh, and then the Americans, you know, we got Scotty, then we got Cantlay, Shoffley, Homa, Harmon, and Clark all in the top 10, but unproven. Homa, Harmon, and Clark are all rookies. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we have we have depth uh, with Kepka and, uh, and, you know, JT was a very 
controversial captain's pick, but I still think he might actually contribute well. The Americans tend to uh, struggle in Europe, especially in uh, foursomes, which is alternate shot. We we get behind quickly to the Euros and have a hard time catching them. Usually we win singles, but sometimes it doesn't. Usually it doesn't matter, obviously, on foreign soil. So um, if I was betting, I would say I would give Europe a little slight edge. Uh, and I think they're playing with a chip, uh, especially after we waxed them. Uh, at Whistling Straits, nineteen to nine, which was the you know modern record for points uh, two years ago, and talked all kinds of smack about how we were going to come over to Italy and kick their ass. So it's going to be gonna, fun. We are going to kick their ass. I am not afraid of Sepp Straka, Nikolai Hogard, and Ludwig Aberg. Come on, USA, USA, USA in a cakewalk. Wow, a wow. cakewalk, a cakewalk. Come on. I'm supposed to be afraid of Sepshaka. The Euros always have players who come through who, yeah, the guys who are on the back bench, they come through and make they they make the damn putts. It's just uncanny how many putts Europe makes. The other big thing about this one, guys, first Ryder Cup without Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, and Paul Casey for like Sergio been playing since 1999 this is a huge passing of the torch for the euros uh and you know maybe they struggle a little bit because of that they don't have the anchors that they've had they'll be better off without him he hasn't been good in a while i don't know it'll right. be fun europe europe is uh again i think the slight favorite when do we start so it starts friday morning uh, Eastern time at like 1230 a.m. Uh, with four ball. Marco Simone. Right. Marco Simone. Sounds good. All right. Anything else on Ryder Cup? Who has a punch? Don't call it a comeback. I do. Okay. All right. I got to get this off my chest. Oh, boy. Sounds like a rant. Not really a rant. But I told you guys that you can't hurt me this year with the Commanders. It doesn't oh. matter oh. what happens to the Commanders. Dan Snyder is gone. He's been he's been uh, kicked out of Washington D.C. He'll never return here. We have new ownership. The vibes are good. But I got a bone to pick with our fans. Okay, guys. This week's punchable face for me are the Washington Commander fans. Let's go! The season ticket holders in the lower bowl who sold their seats. Oh, yeah. When the entire lower bowl of a stadium is the other team's color. Those are season ticket holders selling, selling tickets. Now, I know it was a little rainy out there, but you can't complain for 24 years about the owner. And then get rid of him and not support the new guy. Stop selling your fucking tickets, people, and show up in the rain and cheer for the team. Really, I mean, I think I I don't want to be too harsh because I think we got to learn a little bit how to be an NFL city again here. It's been been dark, been dark, but this is in fucking excusable. And particularly to the dumbass motherfucker who sits in section 339, row 
the seat 22. Oh, brother, <laughs> your fucking negative energy is killing me. It's been two weeks. You are the punchable face of the week. Oh, my God. You are very lucky Ooh. I didn't turn around and punch you. I've listened to your bad shit talking mouth for two games now. We are not going to go through the full season like Uh-oh. this, motherfucker. We are not going to do it. Listen, Get your shit together. We have a new owner. We got a young quarterback. Get it together and get on board. I can't take it. I can't take the negative energy. Bison, you're going to have to you're going to have to rewatch the video of my cousin because I think that's where you're headed, brother. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, man. Pull the sweater team. over the head. We need to get this violence out of the NFL. Wow. Stand. Yeah. Bison, don't go there. You're going to you're going to be viral you, the wrong way. I'm telling you, it's bad. It is bad. I can't handle it. Just just one season, guys. Just be a little understanding. Just show up. Don't sell your damn ticket. And root for the home team. That's all. Root, root, root for the command. Any other punches? Says the guy who tried to sell his tickets during a game last year. No, I almost <laughs> gave him yeah. up. I almost gave him up. And I said, you're on I the stuck, phone with you were, you were on, on the phone ticketing. with your broker. <laughs> I did send an email. And that probably wasn't the worst email I ever sent that poor young lady. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who's got a lasso? Barbecue sauce. I thought you were going to give one to Taylor Swift. I I have a lasso. (laughs) Here we go. All right. I'm giving a lasso. Who knows who Haley Van Boris is? Oh, I do. Yeah? Yeah. Who is she? She is the first woman non-kicker to play in a college uh, football game. Yes. Haley Van Boris, a safety at D3 Shenandoah, was the first non-kicker woman to appear in a football game on Saturday. Uh, And she actually came in and got a pressure on the quarterback in her first play in the game. Uh, she actually took the quarterback down, uh, and good for her. She's, uh, she's been working her butt off to get there. And, uh, it's pretty cool that she came in and, and actually made a play on, on the first time on the field. So right here in Virginia, uh, Winchester, yeah. Virginia, yeah. Uh, we, got, we actually got, we actually got a, uh, uh, email in our mailbag from one of our super hot followers who goes by palm tree girl. Who wanted us to mention Haley <laughs> Von Voorhees? Voorhees. Oh, really? So, so she got two. She's got two people mentioning her. Wow. Yeah, palm tree girl. Mm-hmm. Good for good for Haley. Congratulations. Uh, that's that's quite an accomplishment. Happy for. Um, any other uh, lastos out there? All right, let's get some buzzer beaters. Hope, what do you got? My buzzer beater is 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 baseball. Yeah, we already covered it. I mean, I'm 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 shocked as bad as the Rangers have played. Guys, they have a, a stat that if they make the playoffs will blow you away. First team ever to have more blown saves than saves. They're under fifty wow. percent for saves. Wow. First team wow. ever. They have they have like thirty eight blown saves and like you know thirty four saves. Somehow they're hitting as is carrying them. It's it's, wow. it's pretty amazing. And if they make the playoffs, they're going to get the second seed because Minnesota sucks. So they'll be in the division series. All right. House, what do you got for a buzzer beater? Yeah. 
I'm probably going to steal one from you, Bison. I'm sorry if I'm doing that, but reluctantly, I have to give a nod and congratulate the Red Bull F1 racing team on their constructor championship. Uh, It was never really close the entire year. Uh, I read a really interesting little piece today about Lewis trying to put uh, Mercedes to the task of really revamping that team uh, and taking taking some of the downforce away from the vehicle and trying to get it closer to what McLaren did this year because McLaren is kind of getting closer and closer. But Red Bull is so far away from these other teams that I think we're looking at at least another year of this. We'll see what happens in the offseason, but the Death Star has won Red Bull and uh, Max Verstappen. You are champions for the year. Congratulations. Well, will that be with or without uh, Sergio Bumper Car Checo? He's, he, he'll be there next year. I think the only open spot, there's one open spot in Williams, but all, all the other spots are set for next year uh, for the seats in the cars. Did you congratulate uh, Oscar? Piastri, that was a great. Yeah, the best, yeah. Best, the best of the rookies got a podium. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, you got to give Sergio credit. He did something that I hadn't seen yet, and that's retire the car twice. Yes. Right. So that was it was a was smart special. move. It was a smart it was move. A smart move. Did you guys see move. when Max came in to get tires and Sergio was sitting in the bay and they yep. showed the video of Sergio's eyes as they just scanned the horizon as Max came in and left? Oh god. <laughs> as he's waiting to be sent out for his five second penalty. <laughs> oh, misery. All right, Phelan, you got a buzzer beater? I do, I do. The Jordan Addison School of Driving has its first graduate. Uh, <laughs> if you were wondering why J.C. Jackson, the $82.5 million cornerback for the Chargers, didn't play this week, it's because he had a uh, criminal speeding charge last year um, and was ordered to take a class for reckless drivers and pay a fine. and was a no-show in in his court hearing, didn't pay the fine, and uh, was a healthy scratch because he's looking at some jail time, I think, for blowing off the legal process. Oof. Ooh. Pope's going to wow. have to get to the bottom of that one, that. too. I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. that he wasn't coming home to, like, save a cat. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get my buzzer beater. Uh, I got to give a tip of the cap to Sean Doolittle, who retired from Major League Baseball uh, this past week. Uh, Doolittle, um, believe it or not, was actually a first baseman at UVA, cleanup hitter, was drafted by the A's and got injured. And the A's said, uh, well, have you ever thought about pitching? And within a year, he was in the bullpen as a, as a pitcher. Uh, he came to Washington, I think he came in 17. It really was the closer for a while. Um, he got hurt, and and in nineteen that led to the trade for Daniel Hudson. Of course, Hudson uh, was the the guy who got the last out of the World Series in nineteen. But Doolittle, if memory serves, he got the last out in the NLCS, uh, and and had a good career. He had one hundred and twelve career saves. Um, if he, I think he was an All Star twice. If he hadn't gotten hurt, he would have had a better career. But Doolittle really is is. I'm not tipping my hat to him because of his career, although you could, but he's one of those guys who came came to a city and just embraced the town. He's a very thoughtful guy. 
Uh, he's penned some op-eds, uh, and he says very wisely that he knows because of the success he had in baseball, he has a platform to do good in the community. And so, you know, he's not, he, and, and he recognizes, he says, there's a lot of people out there doing good in the community, but because of the career I had, I have a chance to do more. Uh, he's big into, into reading and, and into community bookstores and um, just a really smart, thoughtful, uh, interesting guy who is a beloved, beloved member of the team and uh, will be will be greatly missed as a baseball player, but uh, people in Washington are thrilled that he's sticking around and has, has made it home. Just kind of one of those special guys who dove into the community. So tip of the cap to Sean Doolittle, who after 11 years in the in majors, uh, called it a day. Anyone got anything else? Alice, you want to say something? I can see it. There's something. I just, just say, go birds. Good luck, Milk. I'm sure you'll be fine. I don't think I'm you sure. should be okay. Listen, <laughs> let us let us all agree on one thing: that of the of the four of us here tonight, three of us will be rooting for the same team this evening. Yeah, yeah. Four S four SMQBs rooting for the Bucks tonight. So good luck to you all. I'm, yeah. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Hertz and Devontae to have a big game. You guys still- SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.